Welcome to Coffee and Books Podcast. I'm your host, Scott. Welcome if you're new here. This is where I talk about different coffee from around the world and different books. I'm sipping my coffee today. That is a lovely, inexpensive version of Nestle Espresso. It's delicious, creamy. Um, I am actually using a new coffee device, which I recommend for everybody, which is a heating pad, like a heating plate for your coffee. So that way you can set it down and come back to it, which is what I'm doing right now. Uh, You might notice that I'm whispering in this episode. Uh, That is because it's early in the morning here and I did not want to wake anyone. And uh, we're going to be talking today about some new books that I'm going to be reading. But today's episode is reviewing Falling by T.J. Newman. It is her first novel. And uh, if you're new here, a couple of things first. There's going to be spoilers in this episode. This isn't like a traditional book that I normally read, like a history book where you can find out information already. So if you want to know what happens, um, you can jump to the ending, but I'm going to give you my review first in this episode since this contains a lot of spoilers i gave it a three out of five and we're going to talk about those reasons later on in the podcast Uh, but a general summary of that for those of you who don't want a spoiler is that following by tj newman is a good book very technical Um, the author was a former pilot which we're going to talk about soon and about how she has the technical knowledge to know about plane Um, i felt like some of the story wasn't realistic which again would be indicating spoilers, but overall I liked it. It's very much like a, I call it a dumb action movie, but you can picture Liam Neeson being the pilot in this role, uh, you know, with his family. So, you know, it's that type of movie, which you can find uh, pretty easily. Um, You know, there wasn't anything earth shattering or groundbreaking about the story, but I definitely liked it. What initially drew me to the book was the cover, which is gorgeous. It has a point you know, it's flying in the sky with clouds and like a orange sunset. Um, it's also disturbing because the story is involving terrorism, which we're going to talk about today. And uh, yeah, so that's all the stuff that's kind of getting that out of the way first. And now we're going to talk about the story and what I thought about it and go back to the review. Then we'll talk about what other books I'm reading. Okay, so following, basically follow, it was written by TJ Newman, as we said it. It came out in 2021. It is about 288 pages long. It's pretty quick. You can read it very quickly. I read it in just a few days. Um, I blazed through it. So that's one thing I did like about it is that you can read very quickly this book. Um, overall, what I enjoyed most about it is, that, like I said, that it was very much like outside of my normal what I like to read. And so the story basically revolves around pilot whose family is kidnapped by terrorists who's forced to choose between his family and crashing a plane in a terrorist incident we're going to see about what happens throughout the story so following like i said follows this pilot and the first kind of opening scenes of the story you uh, see how you know the author is very familiar with a pilot's lifestyle and being a former airline stewardess for i believe alaskan airlines for 10 years she had a lot of knowledge about that so that came in handy in the book But basically, in the opening scenes of the book, you see the uh, pilot is called to, by, you know, basically somebody else to come in and be a pilot in his place if somebody couldn't make it. He decided that he was going to fly a plane and from California to New York, he said goodbye to his family. In the meantime, a a cable operator came into the home to work on the internet repair. Turns out that it's actually a bad guy and that he kidnaps the family, forces the mom to wear a suicide bomber vest takes the family hostage, basically indicates to the pilot and says, you know, if you don't do exactly what I say and crash this plane, I'm going to kill your family. And so, of course, 
The story revolves around the FBI trying to solve the mystery of who these people are that have kidnapped them. There's multiple people involved, how they got on board the plane, what they're trying to do, where their target is, how can they stop them, how can they ensure that everyone is safe. Um, and so in the story, you know, you have this pilot who, like I said, is blackmailed into actually the first officers blackmailed into uh, attacking the pilot. And we're going to see that. We're going to also see, um, you know, other things that have happened in the story. And uh, how can I summarize it best? You know, the story does a good job of basically saying, you know, this pilot has to choose between, you know, his family and saving all the 149 souls that are on board this flight. And it's a very, very difficult decision for anyone to make. You know, the terrorists indicate that their purpose is for him to throw poison gas on the passengers. Um, you know, the flight crew does its best job to prevent this from happening twice, uh, which we see. And, uh, you know, it indicates to me, you know, this person had knowledge of that type of activity, like how to prevent it and training. Um, but, uh, you know, the part of the story where the uh, pilot is forced to throw a gas canister into the back of the plane and, you know, it sprays on everyone, I find it very, very unrealistic, mainly because even though I'm sure people are brave and in that situation would hopefully try to stop that, I think it's very unrealistic to expect people to, you know, try to stop that from happening and flush it down the toilet, you know, which is what happened. They took the canister, put it in a hoodie, and then, you know, tried to put it in the bathroom and then flush it down the toilet so that way it would go. Uh, one, I think the container would be bigger than, you know, you know, I don't know what the container size would be, but I don't think it would be, you know, I think it would be bigger than what you would see in a toilet on a plane. And two, you know, they not only did this once, but twice, you know, and not knowing exactly what the, the chemical agent is in the story, they don't exactly explain it. But knowing that there's a biological chemical element, I'm sure people would be suffering immensely and the effects would be very quick. So I doubt somebody would have the strength and capability, even under adrenaline, to go in there, pick up a device like that that's spewing out that onto your face and on your body and on your clothes, have you wrap it around something and then, you know, like I said, get across the plane to a bathroom twice. So anyway, that's just one part of the story that I disagree with. Um, but yeah, overall, um, besides that part of the story, you know, you have this pilot, you know, who, like I said, is trying to buy time. He's using things like Morse code to communicate with the FBI. Um, you know, they find the family, you know, and they get the family is rescued by the FBI. Um, in particular, one of the agents is a relative of one of the, you know, airline stewardesses on board, which I think is a very important part of the story, you know, the connection and love they have for one another. And, uh, you know, I find it, you know, like I said, like any other action thriller, you know, an FBI agent manages to save the day, you know, big hero takes down the bad guy, you know, is able to stop it. And, uh, yeah, it's, you know, that part of the story was very entertaining and the part where, you know, the plane lands and, you know, is safe and, uh, you know, the pilot, you know, manages to incapacitate the first officer and, you know, after all that, the, uh, you know, airline stewardess is able to get into the cockpit and able to help land the plane, uh, even though the pilot's, you know, very injured and, could not specifically fly the plane himself. He's able to direct another person to do so, other than just using his basic left arm. Um, you know, so 
that part of the story, you know, when he's in and out of consciousness and that this person who's never flown a plane before is going to safely land at, you know, an airport in JFK, you know, like to me, that was also not a realistic expectation of the story. And then lastly, you know, the fact that, you know, I think if an incident like this were to happen in real life, I think that the government wouldn't hesitate and that something like this, if this would happen, they would have blown that plane out of the sky. I think that, like, they try to make an appeal to emotions. You know, you have a part in the story where the wife of the pilot makes a plea with the president to basically say, you know, hold off on doing that, hold off on firing, you know, missiles at this plane until, you know, you give my husband a chance to save the day. Like, I just think that, unfortunately, that's, that's not reality. You know, people would say, you know, we have to, you know, do, stop this by any means necessary so that more lives are saved, you know. But again, that's all part of the story and all part of the fun is, you know, this author and her mindset, it's her story, it's her vision. And, you know, I thought it was it was good for a first-time author. I thought that, you know, yes, there's some unrealistic parts of the story, but, you know, overall, you know, this writer had a vision. He spent a long time writing it. And, you know, she was very good in the sense of, like, you know, here's a story that I made up, you know, and I'm going to write it. I'm going to spend years writing it when I'm not an author yet. And, you know, I'm going to do this while I'm working another job. And, you know, I thought that was very cool, you know, how they talk about that in the little biography section. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of basically the story is that, you know, the, the bad guys are stopped. The good guy saves the day. They manage to land the plane. Pretty much everybody lives except for the bad guys. And, um, yeah, you know, we we don't really talk a lot about in the story the motivations behind the terrorists other than that they were people from, you know, like the Middle East and that they were Kurds and that they were upset over the fact that the U.S. government didn't intervene and save them, you know, specifically when, you know, the U.S. had withdrawn its troops in the Middle East. Uh, but again, you know, this is something that is sad, but, you know, just it's a terrible casualty because I think many people are aware of what was happening in the Middle East. But, you know, the the whole point of the story is that these people who are deeply wounded by what was happening in their home country, you know, they had immigrated to the United States to start a better life and try to get their families over there. And, you know, by then it was too late. You know, they couldn't save them from what was happening, which is, again, a travesty. But then their motivation to decide to do this, to get the United States to pay attention to me, just it just doesn't click with me. You know, somebody who experiences, you know, war and terror, you know, I could never imagine what's going through their heads, obviously. You know, I don't live in that reality. But the fact that, you know, they said these people are going to become pilots and that they're going to, you know, work together to go on a plane and then they're going to take over a plane and do all this, you know, it just seems, again, like... You know, there aren't background checks, there aren't things that make people understand, you know, uh, that there's really tight security on planes, you know, and the story to make a beginning, you know, where how the crew doesn't really have to go through, you know, security measures to go onto a plane. I don't think that's, that's also realistic, but again, I don't know, as not being somebody who is, you know, worked on a plane before, I'm not familiar with the procedures, but I would imagine a pilot would have to go through the security screenings just as well as the, you know, average person does. Maybe not. But again, you know, that's how the main guy, you know, bad guy was able to sneak his, you know, weapons on board this plane. So, you know, who knows reality? And the other thing in the story is, uh, you know, the, the passengers, which I think is what they should have focused on more. 
the passengers, you know, their fear and turning on one another, you know, like that could have been, I think, a better element in the story. Like, you know, the story was more about the pilot, of course, but, you know, I felt like the story focused on the pilot and the crew and how they were going to save the day, but I would have liked to have more detailed information about the passengers, mainly because, you know, the passengers, you know, they knew what was going on, you know, they had a big speech about it, about what was happening, but I felt like, you know, nothing in there was covering about, you know, that type of stuff, you know, like, why isn't, you know, why aren't we talking about that the passengers are going to turn on one another, you know, why aren't we talking about how, you know, people probably would have rushed the cockpit, you know, or would have done something, you know, if there was an incident like that, you know, that type of thing did happen before, as we have seen, unfortunately, on 9-11. You know, we did see that people did do something to stop the plane. Um, I just find it very strange to me that, you know, they're going to make a big deal about this whole thing about security since 9-11 in the book. But then yet this person was able to sneak all of this on board. You know, if they talk about the procedures, like for the cockpit, how, um, you know, like the, the crew couldn't cannot get into the cockpit unless they have like a special code and that the pilot lets them in, you know, but the pilot can also, or, you know, first officer can block, you know, uh, an airline crew member from also coming into the cockpit. But, you know, they talk about that as a security feature. You know, they talk about how the doors, you know, to the you know front of the cockpit are now reinforced and, you know, like bulletproof and, you know, things like that, you know. And then another part of the story, which I find interesting, is that, you know, this guy whose job is to get America, you know, like he's taken over, he's making this other pilot choose between his family and his, you know, in the plane, you know, I think the first officer is probably a case for some question marks too, because he just kind of willingly, like I said, he, it seemed like he was blackmailed earlier, but, you know, to me, it seems very strange in the story because he befriends somebody who was from, like I said, you know, Kurdistan, you know, you know like Kurd's family, you know, um, you know, Iraq area and Syria and those types of places. And, uh, you know, in the story, they're talking a lot about how, you know, this guy, you know, he has a gun in the first off, you know, pointed towards the head of the, the pilot. You know, he could crash the plane at any time. Why does he need, you know, this other person, the pilot, the clack, crashed the plane willingly, you know, he could have crashed it on his own, you know, to send a message, you know, but he's saying he would rather this other guy choose and that it's all about choice. And, you know, you know, he just wants to see what it would be like for an American to have to face that horrible decision. And, you know, like I said, to me, makes no sense. You know, again, part of the story, though, they kind of explain it as, well, you know, I just want to see you do that. I want to see you make that choice, which to me is just you know, not a lame excuse, but again, I, I felt like it was some part of the stories that didn't make sense. Okay, so we've been kind of rambling for a while now. So what did I like about the book? You're probably like, oh my God, that's all that stuff you said that you didn't like. Well, there is parts to it that I like. One, I said I like the fact that the author is a first-time author and had a lot of first-hand knowledge of, you know, how a plane operates, you know, everything from the oxygen masks to the security features on a plane did seem very accurate in the story. Uh, I like, you know, like I said, the general fiction plot, like it read very quickly and it read like, you know, a movie you would go see, you know, with Liam Neeson. Like I said, I use that as an example because Liam Neeson was on a 
uh, you know, a movie, I think it was called Flight, you know, where he was like a, a police officer, you know. And that reminds me of one other thing, you know, you don't see uh, the hidden plainclothes officer on this plane at all. You know, you would think that there would be somebody there um, in this incident, you know, that wasn't talked about. So I also thought that was interesting too. Um, but yeah, so what I was just saying, what I like about it is that besides the fact it's quick and it's easy to read, um, you know, I think just overall the storyline was good. You know, there was a beginning, middle, and end, and the ending was good. You know, it was a surprise twist. I think my favorite part of the story was, you know, the, the main target of where they were going to crash the plane was Yankee Stadium. And uh, in the storyline, you know, it's the World Series, Game 7, you know, Dodgers are playing the Yankees, and, you know, the Yankees are, you know, about to lose, and then all of a sudden they decide, you know, to evacuate the stadium, and then the players decide that, you know, they don't really have much choice other than to come up with a brilliant idea, which I think is that, like, you know, there's this huge crowd rush where all these people are trying to evacuate the stadium, people are getting injured, and they get the idea, the players get the idea to continue the game. You know, they want to finish the game, and it makes people stay and, you know, applaud their bravery, you know. Even though they, they don't know what's going to happen in the story, you know, they decide that they want to continue playing the game to finish it because, you know, people will stay, and people did watch it, and people, you know, cried, and, you know, they remembered where they were, and it was a big deal, and it's just, you know, they, they make out like, which I like about sports, but in general, but they, they make out like sports was this thing that saved a lot of people's lives. You know, like they said, you know, this brought people together, united in a moment when, you know, the world was very dark. You know, this this thing, sports, helped people overcome, you know, their, their being sad. You know, it, it helped distract them and help them think of things. It helped them, you know, love other people. I just thought that part of the story was pretty cool, how the players kept, uh, you know, continuing playing. Um, okay, so, um, yeah, like I said, ending was very quick, very good. You know, they land the plane, land the plane safely. Um, you know, like I said, you know, they end up basically rescuing anyone who was injured. You know, the, the wounds weren't that serious. You know, the, the pilots, uh, this is another part that makes me laugh. You know, the pilots get about four months of leave and then they're going to go be pilots again and crew members again. Like, if that were me, I'd be like, no, I'm retiring. You couldn't get me to go fly a plane again if that traumatic experience happened to me. Like, I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, but maybe that author thinks that, you know, that person would continue on and carry on and be different. But I, I don't think anyone who survives that type of traumatic experience would ever realistically want to go on a plane again. Um, but anyway, uh, so, yeah, you know, there was, uh, ending was short and sweet, and, you know, the families reunited, and I think we were a little bit robbed at the end. I think I would have liked to have seen more of, you know, when he's in the hospital, you know, recovering, the pilot, when he's recovering from his injuries, you know, that he meets his wife and there's a big reunion. It just kind of seemed like the pilot was in and out of consciousness. And then the next thing you know, we're talking about him basically being okay and a few months have gone by. And then, you know, like he's still having these nightmares about it. And then, you know, his wife is there to comfort him. And, you know, the, their lives are okay and that they're going to put things back together and they're going to build a new home. Their home is actually destroyed in the series, you know, like in the novel. Um, so I don't know if there's going to be another one. 
that's probably my main point is I don't know if there's going to be another one. I don't know if this author is going to write another book. But, you know, like I said, it drew me in. It did get my attention. Um, so I gave it a three because, well, there were a lot of parts that it seems like I don't like. I did read it. I did enjoy it. And I do want to say that, you know, if you like those kind of thrilling action movies, you'll, you'll probably enjoy this. But for the rest of us, as I like to say, the rest of us, if this isn't your thing, if you don't like, you know, thrilling action movies, if you're more of a romantic love interest or you're more of a, a person who's not interested in learning about, you know, hearing what's going on in this terrorism and comparing it to the rest of the world, you know, I think that's okay. Um, I think you're not going to miss anything if you skip out on this book. Uh, but, you know, I, I liked it for what it was. Anyway, so what did you guys think? You know, did you read this book? Did you think the same things that I thought? Did you think that, you know, it was good, that, you know, it deserves a sequel? Do you think the pilot should be going back out there and flying planes again after that traumatic experience? Uh, you know, tell me what you think, you know, did you agree that, you know, the things were realistic or not realistic in the storyline? Uh, I want to hear about it, you know, and you can email me at scott, S-C-O-T-T, Bernstein, B-E-R-N-S-T-E-I-N, 16 at yahoo.com, or you can leave feedback on this episode in the Anchor app or the Spotify app, and I would love to hear from you. Um, like I said, share with a friend. Okay, so what is my next book? The next book that I am reading, um, currently reading, of course, my typical manga books. Um, I stopped doing those, though, because they got a little bit hard to keep up with in the story to explain it to you guys. So I focus primarily now on novels and history and, you know, fiction, nonfiction books, that kind of thing, you know, biographies. Um, my next book is about Rome. You know, big surprise, Roman history guy. Uh, but this one's a little bit different. This one's about a specific point in Rome his, Rome's history. It's about the loss of the legions in about 9 uh, Common Era, or 9 AD, uh, for those of you who keep up with that stuff. Um, it's the story of the Roman legions that were lost in Germany. You know, there was a, about a half of the Roman army was lost uh, in antiquity in 9 AD, and it was a major setback for the Romans when, you know, the Germans had repelled their invasions and, you know, fought for independence. And apparently this was even used in more recent times as propaganda by the Nazis during World War II, which I had no idea about. And that's my next book. And I'm excited to read it and I'll get back to you guys soon. It seems like it will go by pretty fast, too. So thanks for listening and thanks for sharing. I appreciate it, guys, and have a great rest of your day.